0: My guest today has made herself a thought leader in the area of hybrid work. She has been a step ahead of most in the marketplace, asking herself the questions for the next phase of work, always with an eye on caring for employees and clients. I'm so glad that you are here to hear from and to learn from Gloria Everett, the president and CEO at The Mutual. Welcome to the courage of a leader podcast. This is where you hear real life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results and you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Gloria, I know early in our journey with COVID-19, you accepted that flexible virtual work was going to be here to stay and you started planning and operating as if that was the case how were you able to make that decision how did you come to that because honestly so many people were like we're going to get back to normal really quick
1: yeah well, I think that fortunately, unfortunately, um, I was involved in the wildfires of 2017, and we lost our home. So, I think one of the things that was really an eye-opening uh, event for me is that this fire and and what the, the the way that we had to quickly respond in the event of multiple wildfires, in the event of an earthquake. So, we had a really tight disaster planning okay. schedule. So it was really important to me. Um, when you only have 20 minutes to leave your house and all of your belongings, you realize how critical it is to have a good plan. So we put that plan in place after the 17 wildfires. And then because I ensure emergency medicine physicians, I was hearing about the pending pandemic and its impact on the healthcare delivery system and how much we didn't know about the disease and the disease process so it was really important uh that i keep my my field of vision very wide okay and so we were able to close down the company go virtual within hours and that to me was amazing that we i made the decision I pulled in the executive team, we executed, we were out of there, and boom, we were up and running the very next day. And then as the days went on, it was evident to me that we didn't know what we didn't know. We didn't know how the disease was gonna respond. We didn't know how employees were gonna respond. And my number one concern uh, when we immediately transitioned to this just in the back of my head are our employees safe at home yeah and we needed to figure out how to assess if employees felt safe at home Mm -hmm. did they have an environment so that was one of our initial concerns and then after that it was did they have the equipment for more than two weeks because i think everybody kind of went out with two weeks it did yes yeah, so yeah, <laughs> we
0: thought this was two weeks at one point.
1: <laughs> just two weeks. That you know, that's going to be it, and we'll all be back tomorrow. After two weeks, we still didn't know much. Yeah. We still, you know, we we didn't even know how we were going to be gathering the clinical data on this. And I could I could hear from the physicians in the field. I could see what things were being done. I pulled a lot from the tech world because mm. we're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, so I looking for information from the day we went out. My number one concern was how are we going to go back? Okay. You know, how are we going to go back? And then as we, I studied this and I kept asking questions, um, it became evident that no one had answers. Yeah. No. one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So I just had to keep an open mind. Now, are, the, are the employees safe? Do they have the equipment they need? As the months and weeks, as the weeks and months went on, in this case, I kept asking myself, how are you going to explain to them why you're going to bring them back? Yes. The why became the issue. Uh-huh. So I was enough to, uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, start looking for consultants. And I think that, to me, was probably the biggest positive that I did. Is I found consultants and they spent more time with me because I'm a baby boomer and I was trained as you were evaluated by the time that your bottom was in the chair. Yes. And you you were processing work. And I had that in my head still. Of course. And they said that is, you didn't have to get rid of that, but it was hard. How, so then it was like, how do we set up criteria to make sure that our clients are being serviced? Yeah. Uh, how do we set up metrics to evaluate people? Mm-hmm. All of these little tidbits. So my full time, other than running the company, making sure we were doing what we needed to do, was trying to answer this question. Yes. And the more I dove into it, the less I knew. Uh, Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you just shared a lot of value, Gloria, even in the journey that you took, right? So first you had this plan to get folks out of the workplace, right? Then the focus goes to, all right, now my workforce is scattered about in their homes. Are they safe there? Do they have the equipment and the resources that they need? Right? And I like you were looking to other industries, the tech industry, looking to experts in the field. What, what do I need to know? How can I get the answers? And you are months, years ahead of, of other leaders looking at this, keeping the open mind throughout, right? And then thinking about, okay, if we're going to ask employees to come back into the office for any amount of time, Why? Right? They've proven that they can do their work from home. Well, why do you need me to come in? And I know from our previous conversations, Gloria, that you've made some investments in making sure that folks are safe and comfortable in their home offices, right? So you've set us up to do well here. Why do we need to come back in there? Uh, and are the clients being served, right? And how do we evaluate performance? So a lot of different places that you were looking along the journey?
1: You know that that's just kind of how it all evolved and I think that the more that you start asking these questions and I think for me you know talking to my peer group getting talking to the consultants talking to other industries it was really an aha moment when I'm hearing from them well you know we need to cut vacation pay because everybody's working from home we need to you know we need to in essence start taking away because the privilege of working from home you don't have commute costs you don't have this you don't have that you know all those the consultant that I used said something so profound to me said, well, now we're in this situation and and yes, all that conversation is going on for some people and and those are questions you need to ask. Uh You realize you have now just made your company the center of their personal lives. You have dropped your company Uh the domestic space of all of your employees. Like it? Either way. So you need to couch that well, I don't have to commute anymore. Well, I can kind of be very flexible with my hours. But they never get a break. Yes. Yes. And so how are we going to maneuver this? And to me, that was so valuable because I had never thought about that. So the issue, yeah, they don't have to commute. And yes, they can pick up their children from daycare, or they can go take medications to their elderly parents, or they can do whatever they need to do and don't want a to load
0: of laundry. Off. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. But now they don't get a break either. Yeah. Yeah. And now so, work is in the home. Mm-hmm. So that to me was a huge aha. Uh-huh. I think for me also, um, one of the things i did worry about and i did see starting to deteriorate was the issue of culture yeah and the issue of teamwork and the issue of how do you onboard new employees how do you transfer that in a virtual world
0: yes okay gloria i want to talk about those real obstacles or the real considerations right mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on with the culture, what's going on with the teamwork, how do we onboard new folks. First, I want to let our listeners know more about who you are. So speaking today with Gloria H. Everett, she is the president and CEO at The Mutual RRG. Gloria has more than 35 years of experience in insurance risk management, sales, marketing and management, including over 20 years of experience in medical professional liability insurance with the mutual. Glory has served on multiple boards, including Pacific University, National Risk Retention Association, the UC Berkeley, Equity and Inclusion Advisory Board, and Medical Professional Liability Association, where she served as chair of the board from 2014 to 2016 And Gloria was the recipient of the 2019 MPL, that's Medical Professional Liability Association Award of Excellence in honor of Peter Sweetland. I know, a a, a big honor in your industry. Uh, So lots of management and leadership experience, Gloria. I'm glad you're, you're here today to talk about how do we make this virtual hybrid approach work. So you brought up some important obstacles, considerations, if you will, right? How does the culture continue to foster? How do we ensure that teamwork and how do we onboard new employees in an effective connected way? What have you learned?
1: (laughs) (laughs) What have I learned? It's dynamic and ongoing and no one has it right. No one has it right. I think the most exciting part of it is um, I'm challenged. Hmm. Again, as I mentioned my demographic, baby boomers, you know, I was trained management by walking around. I was trained yes. by, you know, how many hours if somebody stayed out additional hours, even if they were just moving paper clips on their desk, they were revered as being, you know, a really hard worker putting Look in at those commitments. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you have to put all of that aside and go, but that doesn't apply in this environment so how are we going to make this happen and taking it component and component and I think my personal leadership philosophy is people are your most important asset yeah and it's the people that can make magic we can all build widgets we can all write insurance policies but it's the passion behind what you're doing that makes yeah. the magic yes. and so how do we transfer that we happen to be in medical professional liability insurance, a very important part to our healthcare delivery system. Yes. It's also what I believe empowering our physicians and providers to go to work every day and not concentrate as all, are all of my financial assets and reputation on the line. Wow. They need to feel comfortable that we have their back. Yeah. They need to feel comfortable that when they have a claim that we are going to guard their not only financial well-being, but their emotional well-being. If anybody has been in litigation, you will know it is the worst thing in the world. It's adversarial, it's mean, nasty words are said. So knowing that we could be there to embrace the physicians when they're going through this very horrific event yeah. is for our culture. Yeah. And how do you, how do you communicate that and build that with everyone across all the disciplines of the company? Yes. So my idea uh-huh. was to pull everybody together once it was safe, okay. or as safe as we knew it would be, because yeah, there's yeah. always variation in the virus, um, and have these conversations. Nice. I mean, just be really upfront. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. We we were out two years to the almost to the day that when we had this. Well, maybe you know, we were out for a significant amount of time. Uh The amount of anxiety that was around. Is she going to make me go back to work? Is she going to make me do this? You know, is she? And I'm like, no, we're going to do this together. Yes. we don't know we don't really know what this looks like yes. but i have no indication right now that no one's doing their job right because right. we would have it would have been self-evident mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but what i do see is this and we have ways of monitoring is that people do create flexibility in their schedule because some okay. people were like do I have to sit at my desk and stare at it if I don't have anything to sit at my desk and stare at right now? Yeah. And I say, no, but if you have to run an errand or you have to just show respect for the other people that may say, listen, I'm going to be on my cell phone. I need to run an errand uh-huh. it, it, and and make sure your work is done. So yeah. maybe when your significant other takes the kids out, on an outing or, or somebody has your kids for a couple hours on a, on a weekend, you finish. What do you ever have for the week? Yeah. But that's you're a professional. You have to make those calls. Yeah. So I think that to me is really important is that uh, yeah. really understand their professionals and get your job done, but we need to come together.
0: I just, Yeah. I want to underscore this, Glory, because I think this is so critical. You're, you're talking about the, the give and the take and the co-creation and the trusting one another. There is no one size fits all solution here. There's a, a lot of unclear answers. I think something that is clear is that we need to co-create with, if you're a leader with your team members, if you're a CEO with all the employees of your organization, right? We need to, we need to hear from everybody about what works for them individually and in their teams and co-create here. Uh, I That's
1: the perfect word. And that is exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to co-create nobody. I certainly don't have all the answers but together we will find them. And what we find might work until we get more information and And it's it's almost like a ladder you know you keep going up this ladder and figuring it out so i think that is the really exciting part of this Uh you know i mean it it being you know from you know coming in when women weren't even in the boardroom to Uh you know women weren't even all i mean you were a teacher a nurse or a secretary. Those yeah. were your three options. And being the, I think the generation that kind of broke those initial ceilings um, to where we are today, it's like mind blowing. Yeah. Because you 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 did what your boss told you to do, even if you thought it was. And and the phrase was, I don't, you know, I mean, this was a phrase that was used. I don't pay you to think, I don't pay you to do. You know, where today co-creation is really what you have to do to maintain
0: a strong, healthy workforce. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So how do we keep teams collaborating if they're not together in the office day to day?
1: That was, that's ultimately where we ended up going. And I said, we are going to go back one day a week.
0: Okay. It's not even going to be
1: a full day. It's going to be non-commute hours. It's going to be from 10 to 2. Oh,
0: okay. So, so that's different. I have heard different. that from many folks. I go so, in the office, but it's not 9 to 5. It's 10 to 2.
1: Okay. And an hour of that is we all have lunch. And the lunch is provided. Wow. Okay. And some people like to do an activity like an educational thing on a certain topic that may be of interest to all of us. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we they've done uh, Jeopardy, they've done all kinds of different kind of educational formats. And it's really fun. And there have been prizes at times and people are really creative. One. A group of people for every meeting is responsible for selecting the cuisine. And selected if they want an activity or not or okay. kind of
0: a theme you know nice and that responsibility is rotating it's through the whole company yeah okay. okay so
1: that's really exciting and what i have people are saying well you know we're coming in and maybe we should mandate you know nine to five i said no let's let this grow organically nice Nice. And some people send departments go, well, um, if we're in from like 10 to 2 on Wednesday, which happens to be the day right now, okay. maybe we should come in on Thursday to do our little team department things. Okay. And that worked for a while. And then they realized, well, maybe that doesn't work. Maybe we should just add on hours to the 10 to 2. So, okay. again, flexibility, flexibility, yes. and them figuring out what works for them.
0: I, I love it, Gloria. Because if you had said, you know what, this is going to end up that we need two or three days a week in the office, and you had mandated that from the beginning, people people were likely to resist. You let them learn from these experiences, because honest to goodness, we have forgotten. We have forgotten what it feels like to be in the office all day, right? And we forgot what benefits or how that affected us and it might be affecting us differently because we've all experienced what we've experienced over the past couple of years so you come in and and try it
1: yeah just open the door to the closet and hook the boogeyman you know is and, and the boogeyman wasn't there uh we also had i mean interesting we also had some feedback with okay um the one day a week well i can't get any work done because i'm going in the office interesting so okay. their normal rote processing work got interrupted and uh-huh. i said Ex- exactly exactly <laughs> yeah because that is what we want because this is the designated time to talk to your teammates it's the time to work on collaborative projects it's the time to ask face to face questions it's the time just to come together And it will disrupt. It's Uh meant to. It's Uh meant. So I think they got it now. And they're like, well, we're just coming in and having lunch and kind of talking to each other. I said, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's great, Gloria. Yes, Yes, it's meant to disrupt. Yeah. I love that.
1: Because we would if we were coming in nine to five every day, it would be interspersed throughout. The day on seven days a week, well, no, now it's very focused. And I think because we focused on it, people are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think the other thing that was really interesting, again, another little um, observation, is that certain disciplines have to have more time together. Yes. And this is across the board in the MPL world or in the insurance world. It seems like um, times of year there's a seasonality to some departments, you know, there could be finite the times, the financials need to be prepared that people, it's just easier to come in together and everybody look at spreadsheets. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing is there's contract, there's contract renews, or there's policy issuance times, or there's, there's just certain things that lend itself to spending more time in the office. Yeah. So there's no restriction in coming into the office. And certainly anybody not feel safe at home I would want them to come into the office I would want them to have that separation now you know I may be making a mountain out of a molehill because you know that those are kind of difficult things to talk about but sometimes mom maybe just needs to get away from the kids and get some work done you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) yes there are times that I'd like to just get away too and I don't have any kids at home but you know after a while you just need
0: kind of change of scenery. Yeah, Maybe it's summertime, <laughs> some parents are spending more time in, in yeah exactly comments. exactly personal seasons and professional seasons right oh, I love that, and we had this ebb and flow before, and maybe it just feels more i don't the distinct or contrasted now right there might be times where we need more collaboration with our team so that team is collectively deciding let's spend some more hours in the office while we're launching this or having this season or signing the contracts yeah
1: yeah and then the other thing that was another kind of side aha on this was there were people that decided they wanted to get together purely for social so they would take their breaks those that lived in the same community would meet up and go for long walks oh, and we like a walking group and they were not would- at the office like not at the in office. their in they, their neighborhood in their in their area close by yeah. and they would and I think this was particularly helpful when being in closed areas was, was more of a concern with the virus. Yeah. So they started this ride mm-hmm. and that seems to be going strong. Cause I hear that all the time. I'll be talking to someone and they'll go, well, uh, our walking people are meeting tomorrow. I'll run this by them. <laughs> you know? So I think there's a lot of different ways to make this happen. I just don't think in terms of the great resignation, in terms of the workforce that we're coming up with, um, That we have to be flexible, and we have to. As leaders, we need to challenge ourselves to figure out: okay, how are we going to make our make our metrics? How are we going to know things are getting done? That's on us, not them.
0: Well said, well said. Yeah, great perspective. Yeah, I love that you're speaking to what it's calling from you personally to stay open minded and flexible. As the leader and to continue to do so, because as you've said, and I think that you are exactly right. This is dynamic. This is evolving. What's working right now might not at all be what's going to work six months from now. Yeah, but more will be revealed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So anything you can offer uh, Gloria about your personal journey with that? Like, what do you, what do you do? How do you, how do you stay open-minded, flexible, continually looking? You
1: know, I have a great group of industry peers. I, uh, oh God. I read a lot about this subject. I I'm curious. And I also talk to my children who are the demographic Okay. That will. Uh, I, I, and I encourage my leaders to talk to their children. And one of the questions is, um, if you were, if your daughter or son, who's now been working at home for two years, was made to go back in the office,
0: uh-huh.
1: what do you think they would do? Oh, well, they wouldn't do it. So why do you think the people that work for us are going to do it? <laughs> Because it's gonna make us happy? Uh-huh. <laughs> me. uh-huh. I mean it's easy. I uh-huh. nine, I leave at
0: five. You know, it's so easy. Yes. Oh I I, I I I love that, Gloria. What would my kids do? <laughs> you know, if you don't have kids, you know, what what would your nieces and nephews do? Oh, right? Oh, would somebody God. you know in that in that in that generate in that demographic. Oh, speaking to your indus- industry peers, reading, yeah, I, I I just see you're you're constantly scanning. Gloria, absolutely.
1: And again, I've had great consultants that I've used, and a lot of personal growth in this area. Again, you know, I was, I was the one that had to be convinced mm-hmm. because it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that getting back to you know your people are your biggest asset and they're the ones that are going to make the magic happen they're the ones that are going to make you know the mission and vision come to life they're the ones that are in face to face with your client they're the ones that have to believe in the only way you can do that is coming together
0: Mm -hmm. i mean how
1: have we read memos in our career and we went who are they writing about this isn't our organization (laughs) because
0: it's not real yes Okay, so I mean, yeah, you, you, you keep your eye on that idea that the the people they're who make the magic happen. So that commitment to having it work for people and Absolutely. not involve them if it's going to work for people, and that there's going to be moments, leaders, all leaders, that this is going to feel uncomfortable.
1: Yes, very uncomfortable at times. Almost like I don't. Re- I don't feel very secure right now. Can somebody help me? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it's a different world. It is different, and we're not going to go back. We can't. We can't. There's just so the box has been opened. Yeah, yeah, and I have all kinds of questions about what going to happen to the workforce and I feel for those people like my insurance they can't deliver medicine but in person right so the our grocery clerks our nurses our doctors our teachers as much as the teachers at some point have to be in front of the student and there's just a whole bunch of questions around how's this going to look in the future
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there there are yeah there are a lot of questions in front of us, but I'm hearing you're saying, get your people together and ask those questions. Absolutely. or the possible answers. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And the other thing I think we did, which was really interesting, uh, getting back to the initial days and how to, you know, when, when we couldn't go in the office or when we did, we were under such heavy restrictions to be able to contain the virus was um, people didn't, I mean, I had heard that people were working off of their kitchen tables Yeah, and we did not know that, yeah, this was not a good thing. I had heard that people were, you know, kind of in this corner of the room and, you know, children are home because there's no school and everything. So we as a leadership group made the commitment that we would have each and every employee have a ergonomic evaluation I love this. By yeah. a virtual ergonomic specialist. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I thought was really unique to the, oh, you know, the specialist is going to put down all these equipment they need. It was so de minimis, the amount of money we spent oh. to get everything ergonomically up to date. So mm-hmm. it was nothing. I mean, well, it was something, but it was wow. nothing compared to the value that the employee brought to the table. Oh, so-
0: Lovely. Yes. Yes, yeah, so and having really to nice. be comfortable and set up as best as possible at home. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Did okay. they have the equipment set
1: up correctly? Did they have a space that made sense? You know, it it was it was a very trying time. Not to say that it's over. Over. Right. But I think we know more about the virus. We know about our, more about our capabilities, and we know what we don't. We know that we have questions about the future.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, i'm I'm glad you brought that up because you shared that with her <laughs> earlier and i think I think that was such a um a wise uh decision and, it, and it, it follows your journey right like first we were safely getting everybody out of the office and now you're making sure that things are safe in this dispersed setup
1: oh yeah yeah oh, yeah a, I, I think that that's kind of where we are-
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gore, you also earlier brought up the challenge of onboarding new employees associates during this kind of setup. Uh any anything to offer there? What lessons learned? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Number one is you do need to come together and spend time in a physical space that has a corporate feel to it. You know, you can't, it's, I, what the, the people that we've on board since then, they did come in the office, they met with their supervisor, they met with leaders, and could see the structure of what used to be, you know, and that was really important. Um, the other thing is, don't underestimate people's ability to learn. Okay. And, and, you know, and don't underestimate that, yes, yeah, maybe some silly mistakes will be made, but you know what, we're all learning. We're all learning. So I think that just again, being flexible, really understanding what the person you're onboarding needs, you know, and evaluating it again, having a great leadership team that's tuned into this, but you do need to come together. This I do not believe that you can 100% onboard, have somebody up to speed virtually. Now, somebody may argue with me, but that's not been my experience.
0: Okay. So there is, there is a come together, but also don't underestimate their ability to learn, right? Without having somebody looking over yeah. their shoulder the entire time. Yeah. So the,
1: yeah. It, yeah. So it's, it's you know, if you hire the right people, they'll be fine.
0: Gloria, you have shared such great stuff with us today. I really believe you are ahead of the curve uh, in looking at... How do we make virtual and hybrid work for us, for the work, for our customers? And you do such important work for the physicians that you serve. And huge theme I'm hearing from you is people. The people make the magic, the service that you provide happen. So how do you have it work for people? Involve them in the conversations. Have that give and take hear from them firsthand about what does work.
1: I love your word, (laughs) co-create.
0: Yeah. Terrific, Gloria. Thank you so much for being with me today and sharing candidly uh, of your, of your experience and the mutuals experience. Thank you, Amy. Thank you for listening to the courage of a leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the Courage of a Leader.